podcast where we talk about all things related to running and really great food. Hello and welcome to the Up and Running podcast. My name is Paul Ventura and I am your host. This is episode number 14. For this episode, I've decided to do a compilation So I've strung together some of my most popular shows over recent months. If you're new to the show and you enjoy the podcast, please tell all your friends so the show can continue to grow. Enjoy. Here is my interview with my friend and former teammate, Mike Tansley. Mike Tansley is a four-time Big West champion with two cross-country titles and two steeplechase titles. He earned All-American honors in the steeplechase and represented the USA, at the IAAF World Road Relay Championships in Brazil. So I wanted to dive into your background and just ask the simple question, when was it, Mike, that you got started in the sport of running? Uh, Well, first of all, Paul, thank you for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure to be able to talk to you about this. I've never done anything like this, so it's uh, really a neat experience for me. So, again, thanks for having me. And um, uh, my experience as as a runner... Um, you know, I think in today's world is pretty typical. I had a soccer background um, growing up, and I played a lot of soccer even up through high school. I was hoping to play on the the high school soccer team um, and just ended up during soccer tryouts. uh, The cross-country coach at the high school I went to, which is Dana Hills High School in Dana Point, um, found me and my twin brother, um, and he pulled us aside, and he said, I don't know if he saw us running or what, or if he was just looking for extra runners. Uh, but he found us, pulled us aside, and said, you guys should come out for the team. And it's funny, I had no idea what cross-country was um, until that point. So what a couple friends of mine did, who were also soccer players, is they went out for cross-country to get in shape so they can play soccer in high school. I did the same, and from... You know, that's kind of how I got into the sport, uh, the mm-hmm. sport I knew nothing about. Um, but, you know, being the competitive guy was I, I wanted to do what my friends were doing. I didn't want anyone getting an edge. Um, and, you know, our, co- our coach was pretty convincing, Tim Butler, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that's often how, you know, cross-country track coaches can be. And, um, no, I totally hear it. I, I can relate to the story. So. So you were discovered, if you will, uh, playing soccer with uh, your twin brother, Andrew. And um, so when did you realize that, you know, running was coming to you, that you were good at it? It probably, um, it's funny, the first workout I ever did was in a pair of Reebok, kind of like, I don't know what they were. They weren't basketball shoes. They weren't running shoes. They were just mid, mid-top Reebok shoes. So the first thing I did was I got rid of those. But the first time I realized I was decent at it um, was the first cross-country race I ever had for Dana Hills. I was a freshman. It was at a local park by a house by my house where I grew up, um, and I ended up getting third place for our team. Um, the two runners ahead of me were teammates, um, and I figured I had not trained that much. I did not know what I was doing. I kind of got out there and ran, and I thought, man, I'm... 
I can do this. And I looked at those guys and I said, I can beat those guys. I, it's just a competitor in me that really, you know, it's, something struck a fire in me. And I, I, from that point on, from that race on, I didn't lose to any of the um, freshmen again. And I just kind of progressively got faster and faster with, with the running and the training. Mm-hmm. That's great. So it sounds like you realized pretty quickly that you had a knack for the sport. So you mentioned not losing to the other freshmen before. So did you come on board um, on the freshman team? Did you work your way into varsity? How'd that go? Yeah, um, I came on board on the freshman team. Now, this is back in you know, 1984, 85. Um, our, our mileage was 30 to 40 miles a, you know, a week, probably, at the most. So, you know, as far as if it was today's world, you know, I would have progressed a lot faster. But the progression wasn't, I didn't get super fast, but by the end of the year, I was asked to run on varsity um, for their CIF, for, for CIF, for our team. So I ended up not doing it. I got injured towards the end of the year, and I couldn't even run the, um, you know, South Coast League championships. But, um yeah, it got to that point where I sort of earned it by merit. Uh-huh. Um, I just progressively got faster, and uh, yeah, it's just it was kind of a neat thing, and it was also a scary thing because as competitive as I am, and how much I love to just not lose, there was a part of me inside which I was afraid. You know, there's a little fear. I'm a freshman. These these seniors are big dudes. Um, they've been in the sport a while. You know, not to mention the other teams and the other runners. It was both nerve-wracking um, and exciting at the same time. Wow. Well, so it sounds like your progression was actually pretty quick because you started off beginning of the year. By the end of the year, you were being asked yeah. to run with the varsity kids. So that that's pretty fast. Right. Okay. So it, yeah. it, was, it was it was fast. Yeah, looking back, and it was scary. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. So... Mike, I mentioned earlier in the show, you and I know each other from being teammates at Cal State Fullerton, go Titans. And so, yeah, yeah, right. So did you, did you run uh, all four years at Cal State Fullerton or did you run somewhere else before joining this, the Titan team? Yeah. After I graduated high school, I went to Long Beach City College for one year. Um, I was unsure. Uh, The reason I went there is because after high school, I had signed a letter of intent to go to Northern Arizona University, um, NAU. Uh-huh. Um, a week before I was set to go, I backed out. I just didn't want to leave home. Um, a big part of my background is I, I grew up not only playing soccer, but I grew up surfing from a very young age, and I just loved the beach. had a lot of friends here. And there was just something about leaving I just I wasn't comfortable doing. Um, you know, I was, I, I was a young man, and I, I was young at heart. Um, I was just not confident in in leaving behind everything to go run in NAU. So I didn't. I stayed here. I took a year to figure it out. Uh, Went to Long Beach City College. That's where I got my first, um, I got my feet wet with with the steeplechase. Um, And then what what I ended up doing is going to the first school that ever recruited me. Um, was, which was Cal State Fullerton. Okay. Um, uh huh. So, so then I spent the rest of my yeah time there at Fullerton. So um, so you were recruited. So uh, so our coach uh, 
he's still the coach there. He's still the head coach of the cross country track program. His name is John Elders. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, when did, yes. when did you meet Coach Elders? Um, I had met him actually the, uh, before I went to Long Beach City College. After my senior year, I did a, a school visit, and then I, I met him there. I visited the school, and then I reacquainted with him um, after I after that first year at Long Beach. Um, I don't I don't remember exactly what we did, but I remember going to a basketball game with him. Um, he was seemed like a young coach, and he had a lot of energy, and I liked that. So I felt like him and I hit it off. And uh, to me, it's uh, part of being where you're at is being comfortable with where you're at. And he made me feel very comfortable, and so did the people he brought, you know, the other athletes and um, everyone that was there. I just felt really comfortable, and yeah, and it worked out. Yeah, you talk about Coach Elders. Um Everybody affectionately called him Jake, <laughs> right? Yeah. Probably still does. Yeah, yeah. Probably the uh, the members of the team are still calling him that, maybe. Um, but I agree with you. When I first met uh, Coach, you know, he was young. He was like 29 years old is what I remember. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, my high school coach didn't run with us. He was older, so he would ride a bike or he would go to certain stationary points and and be there um, while we came through during races and he would coach uh-huh. us from the sidelines, but not, not coach elders, coach elders ran with us. Right. And, yeah. And he was, oh, and he was and that's, good. That's he, part, could, he could keep up with us, you know? Uh, absolutely. Which was kind of cool because I had the same experience in high school. Coach Butler was not, a, um, he, he had a unique background, very good coach, but um, yeah, he didn't run with us. He rode a bike or he drove his van his VW bus everywhere, but Coach Elders, yeah, man, he got out there and he mixed it up with us, and he, he felt like, you know, you have this respect as a coach, but also the respect that he's out there with us, um, going through the pain, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, going through the pain. So, so transitioning from high school to college running, mm-hmm. How was that transition for you? Did you find that transition um, into higher mileage easy or difficult? Um, I found it easy because I think my body was just equipped. Look, I was 130 pounds, um, probably 5'11". I was light. I was thin. So running the mileage was never a problem with me. Um, So moving up in mileage, uh, to me, it was like, this is what you have to do. The races are longer. Um, so you have to up the mileage, um, you know, so that's, I kind of just did what I had to do. I've always been coachable. You know, a lot of people have told me that, um, just tell me what to do. I don't want to have to sit here and figure it out. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's kind of my mentality about, about running. And I think that's, that has helped me out, you know, a lot. And I think that would help a lot of runners out. You know, sometimes you, you can't control everything. It's nice to have someone giving you a little bit of, um, guidance. You know, I was I ran at a very high level, um, and there's some things I didn't want to do. I did not want to have to sit there and figure out my workouts, figure out my eating, um, stuff like that. You know, you kind of know that stuff anyways. You know, I, I was cognizant of what I was supposed to do and what I was doing, but to have someone guide me was really good for me. So, yeah. The transition, that, that just made the transition easier. I, I welcome the high, higher mileage, um, you know, 
and obviously the guys that I ran with, they helped out a lot. You know, having good teammates really helps out. Just being happy and content with where you're at really helps out. And I just happened to fall into a place that um, I really enjoyed and really liked. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, uh, uh, me personally, when I made the transition from high school to college, it was a big transition to go that uh, up into higher uh-huh. mileage. You know, in high school, the um, typically during the week, maybe the longest run we would do was eight miles, where when uh-huh. we would practice for um, for Fullerton for Cal State Fullerton, we were easily yeah. looking on a light day. A light day was like ten miles. And a long day is was closer to almost 15, right? In Carmen Canyon, we'd come in just yeah, under yeah. 15 miles. Uh, like, you know, 14-mile run was kind of typical on a Sunday. So, right. yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you a question about high school uh, PR in the 5K. Do you remember what your high school PR was? Uh, I, I do not. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't recall running many 5Ks at all, other than like the, tur- the turkey trot at, at Dana Point, in the Dana Point Harbor. Um, I would run that a lot. I think I won it a few times, but I'm, I'm guessing I, I probably won it in the, it was sort of an off-season. It was after cross-country was over, so you know, you stop running, you start surfing again and having fun, and then you kind of get out of running shape, but at the same time, um, you know, you're competitive, so I probably ran mid-15 uh-huh. as a as a high school runner for the 5k but uh we never really did anything uh, competition wise other than like the, the local church track okay uh-huh and um talking about high school track so i know you talked earlier about high school cross country mm-hmm. you competed in track as well and you mentioned uh, you know getting a taste of the steeplechase what all events did you compete in in high school track um, well, a little bit of everything, but mostly, obviously, distance, like the mile, the mile and the two mile. So, uh, occasionally you jump in an 800 for speed. Um, but other than that, you know, I didn't have, like I said, I was light. I was small, thin, light. I, I you know, I was a small guy, but that was, I was built for distance. So, yeah, I just mostly did distance, the mile and the two mile, um, and just kept it at that. All right. And um, in terms of Dana Point High School, Dana Point High School has had a history of being a very good program in Orange County and South Orange County, and they continue to, over the years, stay at a high level. So what? Uh, how far did you guys go when you were on the team? Um, cross country, we won state. Okay. So that's as high as you could pretty much go back then. Um, the Foot Locker or Kinney was more of an individual thing. So, yeah, we won we, in 1987-88. We were state champions. The year before that, we were runner-up in state. And then those two years, we were CIF champions. And then not to mention, we won league. I think I won league like four years in a row, We our team. So we had a, a phenomenal team. Um, you know, two CIF championships, the state runner-up, the state championships. Uh, and if you're talking about making a transition to college, that helped out a lot too, because you come in and you're kind of the guy, you know, people are talking about it. They know who you are. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a cool thing too. No, that's awesome. And so you talked about how good of a team 
that team was in those years, 87, 88, was more or less your top five guys? Were they all in the 15s? Uh, yeah, I think we were all, I think that, uh, if I can recall, one guy I think was 1607. Okay. He was really close. Uh-huh. I don't know if we all broke 15. But, yeah, at any point in the season, though, you know, obviously, we're all running 15 flat, but that course is a, you know, isn't that course a 5K? Yeah, that course no, is a 5K, uh, I think. It I've is run a 5K, the course. isn't it? I've done the invitation. Woodward Park? I believe so. Yeah. I have to go yeah, back and I, look. If that's, then, well, then maybe that's sure. my fastest 5K, because I think I ran 1521 there, 1519, something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, that's fast. That's yeah, very fast. So you talked about the team yeah. and its accomplishments, and you also mentioned the Foot Locker uh, you know, tournament, the Foot Locker uh, National Invitation. So you participated in Foot Locker as well? Yeah. So... The Foot Locker was after, like a week or two after the state championship, um, and we came back. And you know, by that time, uh, my mindset—I was done. I was done with running. Our team did our thing. We went to state. We won state. And um, so, Foot Locker was more of like a—it's um, just a little bonus. But no one—it re- seemed like no one really gave it that much attention. Not like they do today. It has grown immensely. It's, it's such a powerful meet. It's kind of like people train for that now. They run through state. You know, great schools like Great Oak, um, they're winning state, but that's not their goal. Their goal is to be national championships. It's really an awesome thing to hear that. So for me, if I was ever going to run through state to get to another race, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's how far we've come with running. Um, so, yeah, I... I did it a couple times, didn't do very well, but my head wasn't in it, the training wasn't in it. Um, It was just a different time than today, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I hear you. So, talking about college, in -hmm. college you earned All-American honors, and you earned Mm -hmm. those honors for the steeplechase, and, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, if there was anything uh, other that you got that accolade for. Um, What other awards did you accomplish? Uh, yeah, I was an All-American for the steeplechase, so um, that that was based on my placing. I got sixth six in the nation in um, 1993 or 94. So, um, but other than that, I, you know, looking back, the the for getting an All-American in cross country, I probably would have been All-American twice had I been there a couple years later because they changed the what it takes to become an all-american okay um i believe i finished like eight in, a, in that western regional which would have gotten me to the any other year after that would have easily got me into the the um college cross-country championships and i just never got that far i mean i, I finished eight i should have got you know i probably could have been a two-time cross-country champion um not cross-country champion but two-time all-american in cross-country as well um uh-huh. But because of the marks and how it was set up, I just, I never made it. So you had to be good. You had to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. Individually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not to in any way take away what you accomplished in, in being named an All-American. It's a huge feat. Uh, very few people do it. And, 
uh, much less also, I mean, you know, Cal State Fullerton's a Division One program, so, you know, that's another factor as well. Um, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we were Division One. It's in the toughest division there is in college. So our team, we were pretty decent, but we just we never made it as a team to get to those big races where I could be um, an All American. So I had to make it individually, or anyone on the team. We had to do it as an individual. Mm-hmm. Our team just wasn't strong enough. So, um, but yeah, that's that All American. So I did get it once in in track, and it's one of my biggest. Um, accomplishments I, I really because being an all-american growing up in, in movies or you just hear it in life oh he's an all-american or this all-american i mean it's on clothes it's just such a big deal and for me to get it uh was really cool um because in running it's such a tough sport physically and mentally it's so demanding that that i really feel like it's a big accomplishment absolutely yeah so when you think back to all the races you ran, is there a race that absolutely sticks out to you as really memorable? Um, yeah, there's a there's a there's a couple. I mean, r- running for the U.S. in Brazil was probably the my biggest accomplishment as a runner. I got to represent the United States um, over in Brazil for the World Road Relay Championships. It's it's kind of obscure in in it's not as big as a lot of races that are out there, but when the U.S. calls on you to go run, I mean, you're going to do it. So it was such a cool thing. I got to travel to Brazil. I got a big box delivered to my door full of Nike gear, which was ridiculous. Um, and this is after college. This is in 1997. So I got to I got to run that race over in Brazil, um, uh, you know, with, with five other guys. We, were, we run different races one guy ran a 10k one ran a 5k um i think a couple ran a 3k so i can't remember the exact distances but um you know we all ran it as a team um the distance equal to the length of a marathon um the u.s finished we got i think 15th or 16th about halfway there's about 30 teams there from all over the world so um that was probably my biggest most memorable race um only because i got to wear the jersey but you know USA. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's really great. Yeah. I'm glad you talked about that and took the listeners through what an opportunity that was and obviously it meant a lot to you because you remember it so vividly. Here's my episode on the concept of running for time and not for distance. So today we're going to be focusing on the topic of running for time and not for distance. And running for time and not for distance is a very simple to implement concept for beginners and also for veteran runners. Um, So either one, either group can use this concept. Uh, If you Google this, it's very easy to find quite a few articles on this concept. And personally, this is something that I learned when I was a beginner in the sport of running 28 years ago. It was actually something my high school coach implemented with the entire team, and that's how I was exposed to it. So let me define what running for time and not for distance is. Running for time is very simply just that. 
you're setting a predefined amount of time or a time goal that you're going to go out and actually run for. So for our purposes of our discussion today, we're going to use the time goal of 20 minutes just because that's a very easy to work with goal time. So why run for time and not for distance? There's a lot of reasons, but let's talk about it from the beginner's perspective. So when you're new to running, the last thing that you want to do is set a mileage goal for yourself because setting up a mileage goal can sound daunting. And what we don't want is to set something that sounds so difficult to do that we set ourselves up for failure. So for example, if you're new to the sport of running and you say to yourself, you know what, this Saturday morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go and I'm going to run three miles. Uh, Well, if you've never actually done that before, um, you might actually get to Saturday morning, put your running shoes on, get yourself all ready, and then head out the door, start your actual run. And then about half a mile into the run, you might feel like this is actually a huge lofty goal and there's no way I'm going to make it to running three miles and how in the world did I even come up with that as a, as a goal. So to not set ourselves up for failure um, really early on and so that we stay motivated and we actually get into the sport of running and continue with it, we want to set realistic goals. So on that note, 20 minutes, for example, is a great way to start. So what you do is you set yourself a goal of, I'm going to run for 20 minutes. Now, when you pick your time goal, pick a time goal that you realistically feel and that you're pretty confident that you could pretty much run that entire 20 minutes without walking and without stopping. So now, how fast should you run? Well, so you want to run faster than a jogging pace, but not so fast that you won't actually finish the 20 minutes, that you won't actually be able to run that entire 20 minutes. Now, bear in mind, once you get started into this 20-minute goal time and you're actually running, if you do have to stop or walk, that's okay. It's all right. But what's important is that you take note of when you did that. So you're going to want to definitely have a watch, a stopwatch, uh, or maybe your cell phone, because every cell phone now has a clock on it and a stopwatch feature. So you're definitely going to want to have some way of keeping track of your time when you go and do this. Um, So if you're outdoors, for example, and maybe you're running in in a public park setting and there's a clock for example, that you can see, that's fine, as long as you have some way of keeping track of your time. So now let's imagine that you've started, right? You've set your goal, you've set your stopwatch, and now you're starting to run. So very soon into that run, now this will vary with each individual, your body's going to go through some changes, some physiologic changes uh, to the fact that you're actually putting it through some stress, right? So when you actually start putting your body through some stress, like running, you're going to feel uncomfortable. 
And for everybody, like I mentioned, that's going to be a little bit different depending on your, your level of fitness at this point. Now, you might be someone who cycles or does spin classes, or you might be someone who does yoga, or maybe you swim, or maybe you do some other sports, and now you've decided you want to pick up the sport of running. Running is going to work completely different muscle groups than any of the sports I just mentioned. So and you're going to feel that. So you're going to feel your hamstrings, your calves, your quads, your glutes. You're going to feel your arms as they swing back and forth. You're going to feel the weight of your arms, uh, maybe like you've never felt before. And then the probably the most significant thing you're going to feel is that you're breathing um, and that you're having to breathe a lot more than maybe you anticipated just to just to keep moving forward, just to keep it going. That's all completely normal. Everyone who starts in the sport of running goes through that feeling. The main thing is that when you do first start feeling a little bit uncomfortable, you don't want to focus on that. Think about something else. If you're listening to music while you're out on this run, think about that song. Maybe change the song, put it on something that's a bit more upbeat. Whatever it takes to take your mind away from how you're feeling uncomfortable to just putting one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward, okay? That's the most important thing to do. Now, if you have to stop at some point, what you definitely want to do is record when that happens. So over the course of that 20-minute run, for example, if it's 10 minutes in, You want to mark in your mind, remember it, okay, at 10 minutes, I had to walk. And then go ahead and walk. Walk for 30 seconds. If you need a minute, walk for a full minute. If you need a little bit more than a minute, you went out too fast. You went out too fast for your 20-minute run. So when you get back to running again, when you resume running, slow down just a little bit. Slow down. Because remember... The ultimate goal is to try to run as best you can for that full 20 minutes at a pace that's suitable for you. Okay, so now you've completed your run. You're done. What's the very first thing you should do? You should celebrate. Yep, that's right. If you have your camera phone, take that thing out, flip it around, point it at yourself and take a selfie. Take a few selfies and send that picture to all your friends and show them what you did because that's a big deal, right? Because they didn't do it. You did it. So I'm a big believer that we all need milestones along the way, no matter what we're trying to accomplish. So absolutely celebrate that. Make it known to your friends that you just did that. Now, the other thing that you should do when you get back to your your home, if you're on the road and you're traveling for work and you're out for a run and doing this goal time, go back to your hotel room and record all this stuff. Record when it was that you felt like this was a little tough, where you had to stop and for how long you had to stop. And if you walked, you know, write down how long you walked. And then also take note of when you started back up again on the run, Um, You know, how much did you slow your pace down? Was it significantly slower than when you started? Or was it just slightly slower than when you first started? So these are all important things 
because for you, what it will do is it'll help monitor your progress. So a month later, when you look back at what you recorded, you can see your progress. And that's always uh, very good for us to do, to look back. Here's my episode on using tech to keep motivated. Now, let's talk about another tool I use to help me stay motivated, and that's tech. T-E-C-H, tech. So I mentioned earlier that I like to have my phone with me on my runs. I'm also someone who likes to monitor my runs. I like data. I like knowing how far I've run, how long I've been out, and what my splits were. I also like to see a detailed map of where I ran. For a lot of runners, they find that tracking their runs is motivational. I do too. So let's talk about some great free apps that I use to track my runs. The first one I'll mention is one that if you're a runner, you've either heard about or you're already using it, and that's Strava. So Strava is a very popular running app that has a free and a premium version. I use the free version because it gives me everything I need. With Strava, you can track your miles, your total time on the run, which they call moving time, your elevation changes, which is great if you're running hills, and your splits. It also features a voice call out of your miles as you complete them, as well as your splits. Strava is probably best known for its follow along feature that allows you to connect with other runners and track their runs too. Fellow runners can also track your runs if you allow your privacy settings to allow them to follow you. When your friends see that you've completed a run, they can give you kudos and you get notified with a notification and a thumbs up. Strava also allows you to set up challenges with a group of friends and you can track one another's progress. It also puts together a running leaderboard together so you can vie for bragging rights. With the premium version, Strava allows you to live stream your runs to others who you want to give visibility to. Also, it has a beacon feature that shares your GPS location as you run. From a practical perspective, when I'm running, I like an app that I can easily see the numbers on off of my phone screen, and this is the case with Strava. The main screen where you record your runs has large numbers, so it's easy to see your time on the run your distance, and your average pace all on one main screen. Another feature I like is the auto pause feature. If you have to stop while on your run, your moving time on the run also stops. This is great so that your recorded time reflects your moving time. Strava also pairs with several GPS watches like Apple iWatch, Garmin, Fitbit, Wahoo, Polar, TomTom, and Sunto. Another great running app is Map My Run. Map My Run has many of the same features as Strava. It tracks your miles, time on the run, your splits, and it also provides a nice detailed map of the route you ran. It also features a voice call out of your miles and your splits, so you know when you hit mile one, mile two, etc. I like this feature as it helps me know where I'm at on my run. The other app that I like to use is called Runtastic. This app also features many of the features I've described on Strava and MapMyRun. 
Runtastic has a countdown to your run. So when you actually hit the record button, you get a voice countdown that starts from 14 down to zero. So it gives you a little heads up before you actually head out one foot in front of the other and start that run. All three of these apps have a nice share feature. So you can share your stats with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. What better way to stay motivated than to get your run in and then show your friends how far you went. So we've talked about running apps. Let's talk now about running groups. Running with other people is a great way to stay motivated. So you might be thinking about running with others, but you don't know where to find other runners. To find other people who love running like you do, start with meetups. Meetups is a website that's for all kinds of social groups. Once you set up your profile, you can designate your interests. You can select running, trail running, beginners running, marathons, etc. Then you designate the city you live in and a search radius, say within 10 miles of Austin, Texas. From there, the search results will come back with the running groups in that area. You'll see a profile of the running group explaining how frequently they meet, what level of runners come and run, where they meet, and the time. I used Meetup to find a running club in Berkeley, and I found the Berkeley Running Club. It was really easy to use the website. It told me where they were going to be meeting and what time, and it worked like clockwork. I really had a great time running with that club. I also used it when I was traveling to Portland, Oregon, and I found the Portland Running Company Run Club, and they actually meet at the Portland Running Company running store, and that was a great run. So you see, it really works. It's a really great way to find some running groups in your area, and like I mentioned early on, it's a great way to stay motivated and find others to run with. So earlier we were talking about Strava. I'm going to come back to Strava here. Strava also has a built-in feature that helps you find running groups. Under the Explore button on your phone in the app, select Clubs, and a list of clubs shows up based on your geographic location. So there you have it. To stay motivated to run, it first takes some pre-planning, then add in some tech in the form of free running apps and meetup, and you can stay motivated to run for years to come. And people ask all the time, why do you run? And I tell them, it's absolute freedom. Some people think runners are crazy. That's just because they don't know. They don't know. They just don't know. I hope you enjoyed this compilation episode of the Up and Running podcast. You can find me on social media on Instagram at runwitpaul. That's R-U-N-W-I-T-P-A-U-L. You can also find me on Facebook under my name, Paul Ventura. And don't forget, for those of you who are looking for a fall race, sign up for the Plymouth Rock and Run taking place this Thanksgiving Day, November 28, 2019 in the city of Anaheim, California. And use my special promo code which is Paul5off 
that's P-A-U-L, the number five, O-F-F, and you'll get $5 off your registration for any non-kids race. Hope to see you there, and as always, have a great run.